Tucson Business Radio is proud to present Home Care Today, where the veil is lifted and we navigate our way through the Tucson home care industry. Proudly sponsored by Caring Senior Service Tucson. Your hosts, Cindy Scheller and Mark Bishop. Welcome everyone to another Home Care Today, proudly sponsored by Caring Senior Service, Tucson's leading home care provider. Your hosts are... Cindy Scheller. And Mark Bishop, yours truly. We're here to lift the veil on the Home Care Today and navigate our way through with experienced guest partners. Absolutely. Our mission is to ensure that you, our listeners, come away with a nugget of information that's helpful to you. You know what, today we've got two wonderful guests, Cindy. I'm looking forward to this show. Initially, our first, I should say, is Beth Fuller. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. Uh, Beth is owner of TLC Coordination and Advocacy, uh, originally a Hoosier, right? Yes, I grew up all over southern Indiana. Came to Tucson after college. Okay. the cold. Yeah, another one just to get out of the cold, huh? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's pretty popular, people doing that. It's not cold here today. From no. what I can ascertain and what I read about you, uh, you found your passion early. I did. I My parents were both in helping professions, and I started volunteering in state hospitals in Indiana while I was in high school and continued to do that while I was in college. You must have enjoyed it. Very much so. So early, you know, to be able to pick that. I mean, you also worked with uh, uh, developmentally disabled and uh, seriously uh, mentally ill individuals as well. Is that right? Yes, yes. Um, I worked with both of those populations and then uh, later worked for a private fiduciary where I worked with those populations and older adults and continued to work with all of those populations for an elder law firm and then started TLC Coordination and Advocacy where I still work with all of those populations. Um, I'm a member of the Aging Life Care Association and uh, the National Academy of Certified Care Managers. Fantastic. Cindy, I'm listening. I'm looking forward to uh, hearing a lot from Beth today. Should be fun. Now, on our right, the quiet one, as I call her, she's the bird lady. Jane was raised, and I'm referring to Jane Larrabee, in Owyhee and New Hampshire. How come? How come? My dad was in the Air Force, and we lived on air bases. There you go. New Hampshire, by the sea, right? By the sea near Portsmouth, yes. Yeah. And, uh, well, her parents relocated to Tucson when she was 10. You know, one of those uh, around the table. Oh, by the way, we're moving. <laughs> uh, but we know Jane is an attorney who practices estate and trust law uh, here in Tucson and is highly regarded. She has two law degrees. Her Juris Doctorate from the U of A and Master of Law in Tax from the University of Washington in Seattle. Welcome, Jane Larrabee. Thank you, Mark. Hi, Lo everyone. Lovely to have you. Uh, listeners, Jane was involved in implementing Title IX in schools all over Arizona. This was to give boys and girls equal education opportunity. What a great thing. How did you accomplish that, Jane? Many, many workshops with all the curriculum developers in throughout the state. Well, you're married to Phil. Um, sounds like a nice fella. You have no children, but you do have extended family here in Tucson, from what I understand. And the next big home, folks, project is rewilding the backyard. This is to meet uh, Audubon standards as a native plant and critter, bird, bee, bat, and bunny habitat. Cindy, can <laughs> you imagine awesome. that? Hey, that's awesome. Do you cool. have a, a bat house? Not yet. Oh, we want a bat house. You, then you'll have some bats. You want those too? <laughs> bats. Well, we have sororos. They kind of go with bats, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. So, Jane, before we go off, you how do you how do you explain yourself and your uh, your business? Well, I'm an estate planning attorney as a type of attorney. I've been helping families and people in Tucson create support systems for difficult transitions in life, like disability and death. Been practicing almost now almost twenty years. It's my mission, though, to make the legal process simple and comfortable and effective for those people that I serve. And that's why I practice law a little bit differently. Very good. And Beth Fuller, TLC Coordination and Advocacy, uh, explain if you would a little more. Well, TLC, we're the one call for older adults or families um, to make. We meet with families or individuals and do an assessment of their needs. Um, we ask them what they think their needs are, what their wishes are. We look at their budget and help figure out what would be the best services that would benefit them the most. 
Mm-hmm. And Mark, I might add that one of the reasons why we were so excited to have both of you here today is that often in home care, we work with attorneys, we work with professional geriatric case managers, and we all work in concert to make sure that we're looking at a client from a 365, or 360, well, yeah, 365 mm-hmm. sometimes, 360 degree holistic view. What mm-hmm. do they need? And how do we pull all those pieces together? So I'm super glad that I could have you both here today. Yeah, it's exciting. The big trifecta. Yeah, for sure, for sure. (laughs) So Beth, let me ask you, would it be fair to say then that you're like a safety net for, uh, you know, for those who have no one else to help them? We are, yes, we are. And we're we're available 24 hours. Um, A lot of people don't have anybody or anybody locally. And so we're here to deal with any kind of problem that comes up, not just medical care or home care, home health, um, making referrals to attorneys, but pretty much anything that comes up, we're on call to help deal with it. Fabulous, yeah. right. Sometimes you're just buying socks to take to the hospital, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, one of, one of the reasons why we're here today is to talk about documents and talk about how all of this goes together. Um, how do you think it's helpful as a professional geriatric case manager to have certain documents in place when you have a new client? Oh, it's super important. Anything from as what seems minor, like having the cable turned off when someone no longer needs it. If no one has financial power of attorney, there are some utility companies that will not let somebody turn those off, and it can become very costly. So it really helps to have somebody named as a financial power of attorney. And Jane, can you tell everybody what a power of attorney is? I can. I kind of want to say that this, what goes on between Beth and I is a little bit like the question of the what comes first, the chicken or the egg. Exactly. <laughs> right? Exactly. Right. And in my world, I try and say the documents come first so that it's easy for Beth to do her work. But oftentimes it happens the opposite because people don't have something together. So power of attorney is... Um, There are two different types. One power of attorney is financial, called general, and it covers a delegation of authority to someone like Beth, an agent, Mm -hmm. to be able to handle anything that would be considered financial. That could be closing an account. It could be opening a bank account. It could be drawing off money. It could be dealing with the water bill. Um, The other power of attorney is more complicated. There's three or four of them. They all combine. There's a health care power and a mental health care power where you delegate, again, authority for someone to make decisions when you can't. And what that means legally is whether you can, if you can't make a decision means you don't understand the implication of what you're saying as a decision, or you don't understand the question you're being asked. Absolutely. Well, listeners, you're listening to Jane Larrabee, and it's probably one of the reasons with that answer is that, uh, Jane, you know, in the research we could do, we found out that you're very proud of the fact that you practice law a little differently. Yeah, well... Would that be fair? It would be fair to say I do practice law differently. Well, share with us how. So um, when I first started out to learn this area of law, the people who were training me liked to tell clients what the right answer was. They could easily see from a person, I know what to do for you, and they would tell them the answer. And oftentimes they were incorrect. So my practice is conversational. I like to talk to people, get a conversation going, find out what's important to them, what their values are, who they rely on, what they care about, and then explain to them how their situation plays out with various different legal scenarios and tools. And when they hear that information, they make their own decision. It's true, because in everything that we do as an estate attorney, as a professional geriatric case manager in home care, we have to be really good listeners, because if you're not listening to what what the situation is, you can't just offer solutions. You can't just jump in. You really, really have to listen to what's going on. So I Gee, love what a concept. Somebody that cares and listens to what you want to know. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I know. And so um, uh, the idea of the show, as you know, and we did with the opening, is to go right through the industry, find out little nuggets of interest for you that may help you. Everybody's different. And if you'd like to, uh, by all means, uh, ask any questions, you're welcome to call um, and email the show. You can call Caring Senior Service. Ask for Cindy directly. She's no snob. She'll talk to you personally, won't you? Absolutely. I welcome, you know, my, my cell phones and all my business cards. So 
Um, but I do want to go back to what Jane was talking about, about POAs. And who needs them? Who needs them? Who needs one? Well, you absolutely need one after that car accident and you're laid up and you can't do the things you want to do. Right. So it's not just for the elderly, right? It's nope, for it's, anybody. So as soon as I always say, as soon as you're 18, what most people don't realize is that when soon as their kids turn 18, for example, they don't have the legal right to do anything for that person again. So if a child is hospitalized at 19 with a ski accident at college, and right. those parents get the phone call, right. they might not be able to actually run in there and see that person or start barking orders at the doctor without having some delegation and a power of attorney. I agree. And there, you know, we've all had cases and families that we've worked with where in an elderly adult, there might be medication issues, like they're taking too many, or it's very complicated, or they're not taking um, the right medication, for example, for anxiety. So if we wanted to um, have a client go to geriatric, geriatric um, psychiatric eval, and that patient didn't want to, what piece of paper would you need to help facilitate that? What, what piece of paper would you need, Val? Well, I, I, I would not act in that capacity, but a family member or whomever the person had named when they were able to make that decision, uh, a mental health power of attorney, although it, it depends on the, the unit. Um, and, and where you live, right? <laughs> it, there are a lot of factors involved in a mental health evaluation, so it may not be as simple as having, having that document, but right. it's certainly helpful to, to have that. And would you suggest that folks get a mental health power of attorney along with their other documents while they're at it? So while Arizona has separate laws that govern mental health power of attorney and health care power of attorney, and in my, my clients get both of them. They don't, we don't get a choice in that one. I don't tell them that. Well, I do tell them that. They don't get a choice. They have to have both because it's not fair to give someone the authority to help you with your physical health. And then be stuck not being able to help you with your psychiatric or mental health, like with those particular medications that might keep someone with Alzheimer's in a more stable position, more happy position. So you want to have both powers invested in your agent. Yeah. What's the worst case scenario if you don't have them in place? Oh, well, the worst case scenario is the, is, it's not worst case. It's the only thing you can do. You have to go to court. You have to go to court and have someone declared legally incompetent through some doctor's evaluations mm -hmm. and have a judge decide who's going to make decisions for them. If I can say something really strange, I don't know if your listeners remember Groucho Marx. Yeah, of course. I but do. he was a very famous guy. He didn't have power of attorney. And when he was much, much, much older, he was declared incompetent, very, very elderly. And the actual person who was named by a court of law was the person he disliked and despised the most. Wow. Oh, my Fair gosh. Fair Well, okay. <laughs> but that was the judge's best choice. Really? No, no other better choice. That was it. Because he failed to make a personal choice on in a legal document. The judge did what they did what they had to do, given what they knew at the time. Yeah, and that's why it's so important, right? We, we always say in healthcare and in um, the senior care industry is you want to plan before a crisis occurs. And wouldn't you say, Beth, that one of the best ways to do that is to make sure that your wishes are written down so that nobody else is deciding for you. You've already got them laid out. Jane's done the paperwork. Absolutely, Cindy. I, and it's um, actually April 16th is National Healthcare Decisions Day. And uh, there's a... We're a, right on time. <laughs> we are. The Conversation Project, um, conversation pro theconversationproject.org is a great place to find um, examples of how to start conversations about your wishes um, with family members in different scenarios. Mm -hmm. um, so, it's, yeah, it's a, a great time for this. Can I, can I add to that? Because sure. I recommend the Conversation Project to my clients all the time after they've done the legal power of attorney because the legal power of attorney is just a tool. But what someone needs to do when they take over for you or try and help you is advocate what you want. That's right. And they don't know what you want unless you tell them. That's right. And it has to be specific. Like if you don't want polyester touching your skin, say so. If you mm -hmm. prefer to have a milkshake with your hamburger, 
or or are vegan or have an allergy or hate country music or love country music, all that stuff is really important yeah. besides the big, big stuff that you're referring to in the conversation. And, and I just had this conversation with my mother last weekend because we were talking about Alzheimer's and all the music studies that have been done where, you know, somebody may completely um, not be present. Mm -hmm. And if you play music from the era that they loved, you sometimes they will open up, they'll start singing, and they have this moment of clarity. And when you have a loved one with mm -hmm. Alzheimer's or dementia, every day, that's what you're hoping to see. You're, you're, you're hoping to see those little bits of, of clarity and, um, and that presence that you miss so much when people have dementia and Alzheimer's. Oh, it's horrible. I've, I've watched my mother-in-law go through it. It was the first time for me, that experience. And um, it, it's sad. It's terribly sad, isn't it's it? It's really sad. You just, you just sort of know in your heart they're there. Yes. But they're not. And my mom said that we were playing music, and she said, this is the music that I want to hear when my memory completely goes. And mm -hmm. I said, okay, you got it, Mom. So <laughs> it's important, those little things, right? Right. And I'm sure... Beth, you can speak to family dynamics in those situations, right? It's it's much easier if you choose who you want to make decisions for you. Um, if you don't have those documents in place, you may end up with fa different family members arguing over what what should be done. Um, and it just it's a gift to your family to complete those documents and let them know what your wishes are, so that they don't have to try and figure out what you want done. It can get really ugly. Um, if you haven't pre-planned and family members disagree. Mm. And doctors mm. need to know who to listen to. That's right. right. They want a spokesperson. And being an appointed agent doesn't mean shutting out the family. It means communicating effectively for the person who needs the help and then informing the family so that they feel part of the process, but not the decision voice. And you're listening to Home Care Today uh, on TucsonBusinessRadio.com, where you can listen at any time. It'll be up there at 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 52 weeks of the year. And, of course, it is also on demand in a lot of the top podcast platforms around the country and around the globe. And I'm referring to uh, Apple and Google and Spotify and all those yummy ones. So you can find it and it'll get, uh, it'll get well known a little bit later on. Interesting so far. I'm learning a lot here, Cindy. I'm glad. That is the whole point, right? <laughs> we hope to be able to provide information to our community. Yeah. So that's that's the P, the P uh, O and A's, right? Now, what's a DNR? So a DNR is a do not resuscitate. And um, I was kind of hoping that, Jane, you could explain what that is. And and the follow the second piece to that question is, what is a DNR? And do you need a separate one for a hospital and home? And then we're going to pop to Beth and see what happens when you don't have those. So that's an easy document that people misunderstand. They think a DNR is permanent. So someone may go in for surgery or something, and they may have been told that they're going to put a DNR in place for their event, which means do not resuscitate. And it may only apply to the event of the surgery, that one event. A do not resuscitate is a form that's completed by a doctor that indicates that um, if you're at home and you have one bright orange sheet of paper that's been signed by your doctor, taped to your refrigerator, for example, mm -hmm. that says do not resuscitate, that they will not try and restart your heart if it is stopped. And there's different things that you can check on the box, yep. right? You can say, I don't want CPR compressions, is that still true? I think they changed it Did so they? that it's all or nothing because it mm -hmm. didn't quite make sense to say they can do CPR, but they can't intubate well, you. Well, see, that's something that I just learned, too, that they changed it. The the, uh, the, the orange form is um, actually called the pre-hospital advanced oh, directive okay. because it's the down and dirty resuscitate or not that the paramedics look for, and that's why it's bright orange, mm -hmm. and that's why they look for it on the refrigerator. That's the spot to put it. Because if they don't have it, they're going to resuscitate. But yes. you can't you can't just get it. Some clients say to me, well, if I'm in the grocery store and I literally, sorry, folks that are listening, drop dead, I don't want to be resuscitated. <laughs> and I keep reminding them, if they're, if they're healthy and don't have under, an underlying 
condition that warrants that doctor to sign that form, that's not going to happen. Right. You know, you're going to be taken care of if nobody knows otherwise why they shouldn't take care of you. And it's important because if you want a DNR and you don't have a do not resuscitate and you have an episode, Mm -hmm. say it's a cardiac episode, Mm -hmm. when the paramedics arrive, they could easily um, put a trach and a vent. And you could be on that for a few weeks or you could be on that for years. And so if you knowingly said, hey, I don't, I don't want to be hooked up to tubes, I, you know, if I can't be who I am today, but it's I a want doc- to be done. It's a, doctor's, it's a doctor's counseling. It's not a lawyer's place to talk about a DNR. It's the doctor's place to talk mm-hmm. about a DNR. So... I prefer, is it not that? I mean, you're not going to... A healthcare provider has to sign off on Mm -hmm. it, that the person who's signing it knows what they're signing and understands the consequences. Right, right. Right. So it's not something I would do. It's something I would tell someone to speak to their doctor about. Yeah. It does go hand in hand with a living will, which is more specific Mm -hmm. instructions that the doctors at the hospital will read. The paramedics are only going to look at do we resuscitate or not. And and if you have a broken leg, that's a whole nother, right? A whole other thing. Well, I got a question. You know, t- talking about on the fridge and all of that, and what I'm learning here um, is a hospital uh, a DNR the same as as one for home. Well, the the pre-hospital advance directive is the orange form, commonly known as the DNR, um, and that is the down and dirty. We resuscitate. Or we don't. If somebody's heart stops or you stop breathing, it's those two things. If it's a broken leg, the paramedics are going to come in and do you know what they're supposed to and take you in. But if mm-hmm. your heart has stopped or you stop breathing, that's their instruction that you have decided or your power of attorney and a doctor or a healthcare provider has signed off that whoever signed it knows what they're signing. And then the living will that an attorney could help you prepare mm-hmm. um, is more in depth what your wishes are for for no tubes or no life support, that kind of thing. And the right. doctors at the hospital would take the time to read those documents where par- paramedics will not. Now, are mm. folks still using the five wishes? Is that still being utilized? Are you familiar with that uh-huh. document? Yeah. I know I know there are some people that, that use the five wishes and it's a it's available free. Um, it most people I think if they go to an estate planning attorney, they usually take care of all their documents at once? Well, I would just say if you're concerned about a do not resuscitate, talk to your physician. They're always your go-to, right? And ask them what the options are. Ask them what they think. And then they bounce it back to you, Jane. Can you draw up the DNR after the doctor signs it? Or they just, the doctor provides The doctor has the form. The doctor can provide the form. The doctor can provide the correct counseling because they know the medical details about that patient to see if it's appropriate or not. And if somebody thinks they want to sign a DNR and their doctor won't discuss it, they they may want to shop. (laughs) Shop for doctors. Well, it it depends on if somebody, yeah, if that's really their wishes. But that really makes sense because there are some doctors that are, have very, very clear and distinct opinions. so, So I think what's happening with our brain trust at the table is I'm sitting here thinking about the person who just says, I don't want to be hooked up if something happens to me, but they're 25 years old and they're great in great shape. That's not a DNR candidate. We're talking about someone who's got underlying pre-existing conditions Correct. and is fragile or somebody who's much, much older. And if you try and do chest compressions because their heart stopped, you're going to break bones and puncture right. organs. It's not a good idea. So it's, it's a real specialized circumstance. And a doctor I appreciate what Beth said, that you should shop if the doctor's not going to cooperate, but you have to first be the right candidate. You just can't get one because you don't like the idea. Absolutely. And that's kind of why, um, you know, at some point we'll be putting titles on our shows, and this one would have been titled uh, Trust Wills DNRs Oh My, because it can be very intimidating to talk about all of these things with families and with clients as well. Well, and I guess I should clarify. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean just jump to go find another doctor oh, no, to get no, that signed. I just there are some doctors that really don't want to have any of these discussions, oh, which is unfortunate. Really? So, mm-hmm. yeah, Ooh. yeah, they have very clear. The, the doctor should know you what your wishes are. Absolutely, absolutely. So, I want to jo- uh, jump to what happens, Jane, in Arizona, if you don't have a trust or a will. 
what happens to your estate? Oh, well, if you don't have anything, the state legislature's already written your will. And it will say exactly what happens to your assets. And it depends if you're married, if you're single, or if you're married and it's not the same, and you have children from a different marriage. So it gets a little more complicated. But if you don't have a will or a trust and you need assets to be handled after you die to pay your debts and taxes and all that other stuff, you're going to go through probate. Mm -hmm. And probate courts are going to look at priority of in people and appoint who they think is the right person to manage your affairs instead of maybe who you would have preferred. Which again, may not be your choice. You could be Charlie Chaplin saying, why the heck is this person right, doling right, out my right, money? Right, Might be the, <laughs> the first and most dominant child who doesn't really, you know, get along with anybody else. That's right. So um, you have options. It's totally um, optional to, uh, to go to probate. You you don't need that method, but but if you have a will, you are still going to go to probate. Jane, let me ask you this. Is estate planning just for wealthy people? Oh, absolutely no, because estate planning is both making sure that life goes right when you're having a, dis a tough time health-wise or other otherwise, some sort of disability gets in your way temporarily, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's um, we have more than money to consider when we're we're our lives are getting disrupted or worse yet, we die and we leave people behind. And I think that's an important point because, you know, I think in society, a lot of people think when they hear attorney, they see dollar signs. And I think it's true to say that a dollar that you spend now will save you many dollars later and heartache, right, Beth? Letting people know what your wishes are now while you can and you're of clear mind is super important because it's, especially if you have uh, some kind of cognitive impairment that's going to get worse, you need to do it while you can mm -hmm. before it's too late. And a lot of times families don't want to intervene or the person doesn't want to sign because it, they think it's not time yet. The problem is when that time comes, it's already too late. Yes, you, I think you're seeing more than ever now too in the news, different stories um, everybody, te you know, contesting the will uh, in reference to, well, he's not of sound mind, you know, when he when he did the will. Well, yes, he was. He was totally. He did it years ago. There's been no argument about well, look it. Look at all the celebrities, Mark, right? Yeah. yeah getting I mean, hot water over this. Left, right, and center. Well, I, we're going to take a break from our, our wonderful sponsor, and you'll never guess who that is, but, <laughs> I mean, uh, caring... <laughs> <laughs> Who is our sponsor? Tell me. Caring Senior Service of Tucson. There we go. We'll be right back. Whether it's after a fall, stroke, or if you have a loved one living with Alzheimer's or dementia, Caring Senior Service is here to help. Sometimes for seniors to remain healthy, happy, and at home, families need a helping hand. Caring Senior Service is able to make positive changes in the lives of seniors and their families by hiring only quality caregivers, offering exceptional care solutions, and providing active involvement. Caring Senior Service provides superior in-home care using our systematic great care method to deliver the very best personalized service each and every time. Our goal is to keep seniors engaged in daily life, so we offer a wide range of services, including hands-on support with activities of daily living, meal preparation, light housekeeping, transportation, and more. For more than 25 years, Caring Senior Service has been giving seniors the control to live independently while giving families peace of mind, knowing that our staff is there to help. Give us a call today and find out how Caring Senior Service can help your family. And we're very lucky today. We have indeed Beth Fuller, owner of TLC Coordination Advocacy, and the infamous Jane Larrabee, the lawyer. The law office of Jane K. What's the K for? Maiden name. Which one? Kinney. Kinney. Irish, huh? Mm -hmm. Beats me. <laughs> <laughs> Beats your bats, too. Yeah. So, which way do you want to go, Cindy? Well, we were talking about wills and trusts, and... Um, There's if, a lot in wills and trusts, isn't there? Oh, my gosh. There's so much in wills and trusts, Jane. What What is... You know, part of the mission of the show is, right, to give people little nuggets of information that they didn't know before they listened to the show. So do you have an important piece of information on trusts that you want to share with our listeners? I think I would say uh, take a riff off of something Mark said earlier about uh, estates being contest contested and will 
will fights in the courts that you hear about with all those celebrities. A trust is a document that is put in place while you're alive that helps you control your property while you're alive. And instead of relying on a financial power of attorney, if you need help, your trustee already has a, a control of those assets. So you completely bypass the necessity in most cases for court. But the other thing about a trust is it's alive when you are, and when you die, it still goes on. So while we need to settle your affairs, we don't need to go to court. We don't need a probate. And it's very unlikely that that trust will be contested because it was 35 years old, because you were living with an active document for 35 years. It's hard to say you didn't know what you were doing. Right, because you could have changed it last week. Right, as opposed to a will that sat in a drawer. And who who do people normally choose as the trustee or the trustee of the trustee? How do you do that? The trust trustee trustee of the trust. Well, How you're do, you're your own trustee to start. Right? And then what if you become um, then, incapable? Then the next most trusted person in your circle, your spouse, one of your children, your best friend. Your Can it partner. be your attorney? Some attorneys will act as trustee. Can it be your care manager? A care manager should not be your trustee. Um, I, <laughs> Nor should, should your not. home care owner. Uh, there may be, there may be uh, private fiduciaries mm-hmm. that would act as trustee. Yeah. And that's, a, that, that's an important, it, it's not really part of our program today that we're going to talk about in depth today, but a fiduciary, Jane, is somebody, Beth, is somebody that handles your money. Is that right? A fiduciary is. A yes. Fiduciary. I, I am a care manager. I am not a fiduciary. I my I deal with the people part of things and actually prefer to have a fiduciary or a family member that's a, a financial power of attorney handle the money. And fiduciaries are mainly licensed by the state. Is that correct? They are licensed by the state of Arizona and supervised by the Supreme Court. Mm. Which do is have, important. Do you ever get requested to, though, by family members? Um, sometimes people will ask, but I refer that if someone has that need, I will refer them to a fiduciary. Right. And then we work together. Right. I okay. work with fiduciaries yeah. a lot. So you, you can't or don't profess to help in any way, shape or form when it comes to that particular duty. I will not. We will not touch the money. Nope. It's not a not good idea. <laughs> not a good idea. And, and it's really for your protection as the consumer, as the patient, as the client that the person that's advocating is advocating for you alone and your fiduciary. Um, we all work with some amazing fiduciaries. So if you're in that situation or if your mom or your grandmother or somebody you know is having trouble paying their bills or it just seems to be in a little deep water uh, with managing their finances, any, any one of us can give you a good recommendation, I think, on fiduciaries. So... Jane, if somebody doesn't have a will or a trust, what's the first step in obtaining the document? That's a good question. Um, if they don't, if they have an attorney in the family, they should talk to them about whether they do that kind of work and figure out if that's, ask them what their process is and what their procedure is. A lot of people go on the internet. Oh gosh. And look for that information. The Arizona uh, Attorney General's Office has uh Develop documents that follow the state's legislation for those kinds of things, um, and you can pull down those free documents and start there. And that kind of goes back to the point uh, when we were talking about the money, right? If you don't feel like you have the means to go to an estate planning attorney, you could use those free documents on the internet. You, you could, but to. there are a lot of us who have a lot of different commitments to service to the public in general. And my commitment and most of my colleagues that I know are not saying, if you can't pay me, I'm not going to help you. We have sliding scales. We charge our clients fairly so that we can help people who are in distress. I do a lot of work with special needs families, and they're in particular, particularly strapped in a lot of different ways. And I have to say, Jane, I've worked with you. Jane has helped. Um, we have a special needs child, and um, when we go out of the country, Jane has a document waiting for us so that, God forbid, something, you know, our our youngest gets hurt, um, that that person can get the medical attention he needs. So um, I've worked on many cases with Jane, and she's been fabulous in her practice. So I appreciate you, Jane. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Pretty there's, smart There's girl There's there. others like me out there. I know. You know, people shouldn't be afraid to talk to an attorney, and they shouldn't be afraid to try talking to different attorneys. 
because every attorney has their point of view and how they like to practice. You got to mm -hmm. find someone you can get along with. Yep. And yeah. I've known Beth for years too. And I think the commonality that we all have is that I believe that we all have been in this business for as many years as we've been in this business is because that's where our heart is. And we've chosen to serve our community. And Tucson in general is a very generous community. Well, you've been in it a long time, Cindy. Look at, you know, the industry overall. How many years? Ballpark. 26 or 7 What about you, Beth? After that, I'm embarrassed to say, almost 40. <laughs> wow. And Jane? Winner. That is the winner. Yeah. It, was a, it was a late life choice for me, in all fairness, but about 20 years. Okay. Winner, so, winner. you know, there's over 100 years in this room, for heaven's sake. It's true. And we all work together. And I will tell um, our listeners this as well. When we have a client who is struggling with a particular issue, I will call Beth and I'll say, I've done this, this, and that. What did I miss? <laughs> or I might call Jane and say, Jane, I called Beth and what have I missed? And we all really collaborate for the highest good in the client, I believe, right? Yes. And you, yes, you're wonderful to work with. Aww. Yeah. Nice well, to no. know. It's a, the it's mutual a society here, ladies. Listen, I bet. It's a love fest. It's yes. a team sport. It's <laughs> it a team is. sport. A team. And we're all better together than one person. Well, the oranges themselves. come out later. We start throwing those at each other. <laughs> Beth, I got one for you. What types of service providers do you work with or, or, or do you coordinate more? We, d we coordinate, we can arrange services, we can monitor them for quality. We work with home care companies, like se caring senior services, mm -hmm. um, placement specialists, assisted living facilities, uh, medical providers, attorneys, fiduciaries, mm -hmm. realtors. And, and um, how long do you stay with your clients? Is, is there a journey in this? You know? as, as long as they want us. Um, some people just want the assessment and some guidance on what, what should we do to get out of this crisis or what does mom and dad need? And some people have us uh, past the end. So if you have a family who lives out of state or out of country and they have, you know, mom and dad here in Tucson, let's say mom and dad are 88 and 94 and they both have their own specific health issues, why might want, my, I can't talk, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. why would those folks want to hire you to be a professional geriatric case manager and what are the types of things you would coordinate for them um we would do the <clears throat> excuse me do the assessment and find out what they what kind of services they think they need and then mm -hmm. i would point out what might be made easier or safer um and then i'm on call 24 hours <laughs> i was at the emergency room last night with someone whose daughters live on mm. e each coast yeah. and nobody could be here to make sure, you know, the doctor got the straight story yeah. that the facility where the person lives gets the information back the way they need it to, right. to be able to follow up. Um, I have clients with powers of attorney that live all over the world and I'm the boots on the ground for those families. Isn't that and, great? And keep the families informed. It truly is wonderful. That, that's terrific because mm -hmm. we are, what is it? 3000 odd miles away. I mean, uh, it's a big country, and nothing worse when you're trapped in a situation yeah. like that. You can't be there. There's somebody you've got to trust, somebody you believe in, and somebody you know is going to do the right thing. It's going to advocate for you. you know. Especially during COVID, it really became Well, I was issue. going to ask you that. I mean, how have you helped your clients and their families deal with the, you know, the COVID-19 restrictions? There, the isolation has just been horrible for people, and I think assisted living facilities have tried their best to keep people entertained um, and stimulated, but it's really taken a toll. Um, we were able to help, and um, especially when essential workers were the only people allowed in. Mm -hmm. Caregivers might have been allowed in to help for a while. I was not allowed in until people realized that a familiar face really made a difference. So I could deliver care packages, do window visits, at least go by and eyeball somebody mm -hmm. to make sure they were okay, mm -hmm. make sure they had everything they needed, supportive phone calls, and keeping the family informed. Um, sometimes people were helping their parents with finances, and I was able to go in and at least look for important documents and get those to family members that needed them, families that normally visit regularly and, and couldn't do that. Mm -hmm. Well, and I want to add something that you do that you didn't say, and, and I know for a fact this is why geriatric care managers are top of my list for for referrals is that 
you help explain the complexities of a medical situation mm-hmm. to an to the average Joe who's really worried about their mom or dad or brother or sister or child mm-hmm. so that they can make a choice and advocate because they're the decision maker. Mm-hmm. You, Nobody can describe the value of being able to explain medical information to the average person where the medical profession clearly can't do that. It's true. It's and when you're important. in the eye of the hurricane, yeah, that's you know, when you have a family member mm-hmm. and, and you're in that hurricane, it's hard. It's hard to see outside of that storm. So when you have, you know, Beth or Jane or, you know, my managers helping to guide you, doing those safety assessments, helping you to sort of see on the outside of that hurricane, you can make clearer decisions for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beth, what would you um what would you say that you enjoy most about your work? Oh, I get to well, I get to work with people like Cindy and Jane, but I get to meet um the most interesting people with lifetimes of wisdom. There's just yeah. the stories. I just, I love working with people, but I love working with older adults. I know. You know, I had a client one time when I lived in LA and this man was born above the music store. And I want to say it was Hollywood, Hollywood and Vine. So for those of you in California, if I'm wrong, don't, don't call me and yell at me. It could be the wrong corner. Hollywood, that was a sign with but that. He, yeah. Was so he was raised above, above the music store and he worked on every piano from way back at the silent movie era all the way through to when he was still alive and he had four pianos in his house and mm-hmm. his his house was lined with photos of all these amazing entertainers and and just the stories that you hear right of these amazing journeys that these folks have made i don't know i just think it's awesome but i think it's terrific you reminded me of a song sorry about that oh are you <clears> gonna <throat> sing it no because i've got allergies <laughs> You've got to forgive me today. These allergies oh are gosh. horrible, aren't I they? Know. What What's the date today? 5th of April. Yes, that's the day. They're out every year on the 5th of April. Right? <laughs> it's like clockwork around here. So Hollywood and Vine was the track in it. Da, 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 da. You remember it back in the 60s? Down in the Hollywood and I Vine. I was in a lot. No. Just da, 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 down in Madden Root. Da, 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 da. Yeah, anyway, you know I that don't one. know that one. Our so, listeners would know that so one. So I did want to ask you, though, when you, ha- when you went to see your client in the hospital, were you able to go in now that people are getting vaccinated more and more and you were able to see your client? I was. They still did the screening twice in the last couple of months. I've, somebody went to the ER and I was mm-hmm. a- allowed to go in with them. That's amazing. Um, it was sad. A lot of a lot of times there were people in the waiting room that should not have been there alone. Right. I know. Um, and I think with the COVID restrictions, that people are afraid to go. It's been tough. So, we had a client that we took to the ER, and um, they would only allow the caregiver to stay with the client until she had a room. And they literally said, bye-bye. And that's really tough, especially with your clients with dementia and Alzheimer's because they can't speak for themselves. I can't tell what's, yeah, yeah. It's It's been very scary at the beginning. There were, I had two people go to the emergency room and they could not communicate at all. And they couldn't tell the doctors what medications they were on or what had happened. Um, It was kind of a nightmare there at the beginning. Vaccine. Normally we would carry, hand carry records and go make face-to-face contact. Exactly. It became a lot of faxing and phone calls to make sure that the people in the hospital got mm-hmm. the information they needed that nobody else could communicate. Which is why, Jane? No, so what I was thinking of is, is, is that you're talking about COVID and, and what's been happening specifically around that. But you were also talking about the lack of communication and getting isolated and being cut off. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that's got to be in every legal document is a HIPAA waiver. Absolutely. And one of the things you were talking about was your child's paper that we did that I forgot about. And that was basically a gigantic HIPAA waiver. It was a child's, right. a minor child's power of attorney, but you had to have the HIPAA waiver everywhere to be able to communicate. Mm-hmm. So if your adult child goes into the hospital, even if you are not the healthcare agent, if you know maybe there's a divorce and dad's the healthcare agent and mom isn't, but if with a HIPAA waiver, she can at least talk to her daughter and get information and communicate. Well, that's right. And Zachary, you know, while Lee and I are out of the country this summer you know, he's going to go stay with his big brother in San Antonio, Texas. And so he, we're going to have to update that document so that 
you know, mm. if he bangs his head on the wall or something, they can get him treated. So, so. just for our layman, that doesn't mean their pet hippos have to stay at the front door, you know? That's, uh, no, no, they're no, hippo no. waivers. They're, they're not giving that's the them. privacy. That's the privacy waiver, right? H-I-P-A-A. Is it a double A? Yes. I believe so, yes. You got me in the hippo part of the fellow here. So what's a special needs trust for? So really good point, and it's super important, and it's one of the things that Jane is really good at. So I think I'll leave it to the expert, Jane. T- t- tell us about special needs waiver. Special, a waiver. Special needs like, trust? Yes. Mm. So um, if an individual has disabilities and can't handle their own money and needs to qualify for Medicaid services, um, well, let me, give, let me give you a different example. So if a child is born with a disability and they're never going to be able to fully be employed and maybe they have an intellectual disability and can't really understand or they're very vulnerable and can be taken advantage of mm-hmm. by other people, and they go through as a special needs child through all, the, through all of high school, et cetera, et cetera. IEP, IEP all of that. All of mm-hmm. that. And they qualify for Social Security uh, income when they're 18. Mm-hmm. And they need Medicaid for their health insurance and for other kinds of programs that you qualify for once you're sec- you can secure that social security income as a disabled person. Mm-hmm. As little as $2,000, roughly, of inheritance can knock you off all of your benefits. Which is not a lot of money. No, it's not, is it? No. No. So a special needs trust is where the parent of those children, in the simplest case, would leave the inheritance to a trust that qualifies to allow the child to maintain their benefits and everything that that entails. Mm -hmm. And yet this money that's their inheritance can be used for their benefit. So they get their inheritance through a trust that manages it for them. They get the benefit of that money and they keep all their benefits. So basically you've explained, if you you were to be asked a question, how is a trust different than a will? Well, self-explanatory, isn't it, what you just shared, really? Well, so for that particular child, that's the right kind of tool to pass an inheritance. Mm -hmm. But for a 45-year-old who's biking down Mount Lemon and goes off the roadway and has a brain injury and is therefore unable to work and cannot understand anything about their consequences of decision-making and so are disabled, they're in a different kind of special needs trust situation, but that same thing can still be set up for them. We've touched on money. There's something important you wanted to mention, Cindy, uh, about what's going to happen, and we want to play a little thing about that. But if you'd like to just share with our listeners what's going to be going on. So we have something special going on with Caring Senior Service. It's our 30th anniversary this year. Jeff Salter started the company when he was 19, and he is embarking on a journey. Um, It's a movement that he's called... um, um, Close, close the gap. Close the gap. I had to That's think it. of it. Yes. Close the gap because it, it's kind of interesting. He's going to be riding an electric bike from San Antonio, Texas, to all forty-five or forty-six offices in the country. It's a nine-thousand-mile bike ride. Whoa! Four months, and as part of that, we have a grab the bars campaign, and we're trying to raise a hundred thousand dollars. We've contracted with a uh, a bar installation company, so there's safety bars. So that for people that need them, we can install two safety bars in the home for $250. So that's why we're trying to raise that. Right, right. And these are fabulous things, getting out of the shower or getting into the bath. Right. And the electric bike is his um, really cool invention of saying we all need assistance in some way. And Mm. so if um, there's uh, the Caring Senior Service website, www.caringseniorservice.com. Um, slash Tucson or just dot com. Um, if you go to the movement, you can donate there. And he's going to end up in Tucson in July. So we're going to have some really fun things coming up in July to honor his ride and to honor all the people. Uh, we want to encourage more people to be caregivers. Uh, there is a shortage of caregivers, as you know, Beth, right? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. And we also want to encourage entrepreneurs. If you have a compassionate heart and you're looking for an amazing business, you know, home care will be here for many, many years ahead. We'll be right back. But let's hear from Jeff just for a brief message. Hi, my name is Jeff Salter, and I'm the founder and CEO of Caring Senior Service. To celebrate 30 years of caring and to launch our movement, 
to close the gap in senior care, I'll be riding my electric bike 9,000 miles to visit our 45 locations across the U.S. Along the way, I hope to raise awareness of the needs of seniors in every community. We need more people to become caregivers, more technology focused on senior needs, and we need more entrepreneurs starting senior care-related businesses. To learn more, go to CaringSeniorService.com. Well, we're in our closing stages of Home Care Today. We hope you've enjoyed the show. Uh, we're going to be covering, you know, the show's every uh, first and third Monday of the month, so that's two a month. We started with one, but we had uh, public demand to spread it more because there's too much to talk about on all the various topics and areas. There are hundreds of guests that we've got lined up for the year, specialists in what they do, like today, and they're going to be coming on the show as well. And as Cindy mentioned, you know, a show could be labeled and it'll be geared at that particular topic for the show. So, you know, get in touch with us if you'd like to just uh, you can contact me here at Tucson Business Radio Mark Bishop will go straight to Senior Caring Service and the staff and Cindy there and they'll gladly speak with you and if you have any questions we'd love to help you you're going to be seeing an email come out soon it will come into your zip code there's some um, uh, thousands of them in fact the show will be included in that and there's also a lovely special gift for all our listeners from Cindy's helpers all right look at make sure you scroll down it's an email naturally online uh, but it's a beautiful color template not just a black and white a few lines and down the bottom is where you're going to see all about a cindy's helper so look out for that as well but in our closing stages we're with beth fuller and of course uh, jane larrabee and cindy scheller I, ladies, this has been wonderful. This went by so fast. I mean, and I was telling Mark earlier in the day, I said we could go down the rabbit hole of healthcare for hours and hours and hours. Isn't that right, Beth? We certainly could. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. Of course. Thank you. And it, it, it would be a lot more fun in the second hour than it is in the first hour, <laughs> by the way, because we get all the ground rules laid out in the first hour. Right. And we can be more creative in the second hour. Well, y'all can come back anytime you want. We can have a separate show on different topics. Um, like like Mark said, we're doing it twice a month. So we, we yeah. want to get this information out to our community. My word. And if there's a special topic, listeners, that you, you really want to hear about or it's current enough or change that you're concerned by all means, contact us. But we've got a little bit of time yet, a few more minutes. And I think, Jane, wasn't there something you would have liked to have spoken on about the tools you're using? There's something special about that? I think you... Oh, uh, the document tools. Yeah. What's that about? I mean, the, I'm thinking of DocuBank, maybe. Yeah, yeah, DocuBank. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. So um, always looking for ways to make things easier for clients. And these powers of attorney are really important in the medical ones, especially. And a long time ago, I had a client who's a snowbird mm. so that we don't use that term anymore but she um, put him in your wild backyard yeah. she um lived in arizona in the winter and went back to where it's cooler in the summer and she came back to me in the fall and said miss jane my documents were sitting in my car when i had an accident in nebraska and i said oh she was in the hospital with an accident and she would carry her stuff with her her powers of attorney back and forth to different states so immediately, uh, well, it took me a while, we found a company that I give a gift to all my clients if they want it, they don't have to take it. And I roll them in DocuBank, which is a service that just stores digitally your healthcare power, your living well, all of those related documents, and you carry a wallet card. That's wonderful. So when she was checked, if she would have been checked into the hospital with that, yeah. the doctors could have gotten all of her powers of attorney, and DocuBank would have notified her agents of what had happened. So that line of communication between doctors and agents and she would have been a complete circle. So that's a gift I give to my clients. That's that is, cool, isn't yeah. it? 24-7, 365 access. Yep, yep. Worldwide. Yeah. It's worked worldwide, too. Another example of how technology can help our seniors, right? Yeah. 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 Is there anything that we missed, Beth, that you wanted to share? Um. We're available 24 hours for any crisis for established clients, and we can be a real cost saver for families that live far away. Um, sometimes people worry about the cost of, of hiring us, but when you look at taking time off work and flying to Tucson to help out, we can save families money in the long run. You know, I did want to ask you one thing, Beth. I hope we have time, but you were working on getting homebound seniors vaccinated. What's going on with that movement? 
I can post uh, an update on the website and on Facebook. Pima County Health Department has a plan now for helping uh, older adults that are and disabled that are homebound and can't get out to the shot clinics. Perfect, because so. we had a real issue with that, right? We were able to, mm-hmm. you know, first it was the essential workers, then we had to go ABC, who's first, who's second, who's third, and Beth had called me and she said, what about our homebound? Who can't get out to the shot clinics, yeah. Well, I'm glad they're rolling. That's great news. I have a neighbor. I'm going to go look that information up and there is. get them going. Yeah. Right on. Well, we're making headway anyways, mm-hmm. aren't mm-hmm. we? Yes, finally, Great. hopefully. Good job. Hopefully everybody will get I know, I think soon. everybody has cabin fever, right? They're all going a little stir-crazy. Well, the cruise ships are opening up again soon with cabin fever, so you can, you know. I don't think I'm that brave. I don't know. Mark. I don't know. There's people, there's, there's still so much uncertainty around, and uh, my wife's very strict. You know, she will not even go to a, a restaurant that's allowing masks off now, mm-hmm. and I'm not allowed either, not that I would. And we both went down with COVID, you know, and we never went anywhere except shopping. Now, yep. you figure that out and you hear other stories where they never squeaked, never went out to water the plants in the backyard and they got mm-hmm. the darn thing. So, but I just don't think it's uh, it's responsible yet for everybody to go whoopee, you know. Well, I would love, I per- and this is a personal comment, but I would love to see everybody still wear the mask because it's personal safety for you. Totally agree. And I, I believe uh, we had a guest on the show and I asked him, you know, um, the same thing I'm going to ask you, Jane, is there anything you learned during COVID that you're going to utilize moving forward? Like, was there one thing? Well, really, the question's for both of you. Was there one thing? Was there one takeaway going through that year of COVID that you're going to take forward? Well, two two quick things. One, isolation is not a good thing for anybody. And a lot of seniors were in solitary confinement for their, for their safety. Mm-hmm. It had consequences. Um, I think the other thing is that healthcare, I think I'm kind of hoping will have shifted because there's a lot of things that can be done by telemed and people could still get the medical care they needed without having to go out and be exposed. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's something that we've used a lot. I think that's important. Yeah. So Zoom found my practice. Yeah. I, I first tried to continue to meet with clients with masks on uh-huh. and realized you can't communicate as subtly as you need to in my work mm-hmm. with with that kind of interference. Mm-hmm. And um, clients really appreciate meeting me on Zoom. And they sometimes can avoid that one hour round trip drive, depending upon where they live, yeah. to get their questions answered and so on and so forth. So mm-hmm. we, we still are going to do both, but it would be great to be able to keep that in the practice. Well, we use videos in our practice, video conferencing all the time with our clients and our caregivers. You and we it, have those tablets. We have those tablets. But then when COVID hit, it was like we, we all had to become Zoom app experts. But mm-hmm. <laughs> Now everybody's Zoomed out. <laughs> everybody's Zoomed out, that's for sure. Fabulous. Well, uh, we've got a minute. Beth, any uh, your contacts are going to be up on the site permanently anyway. People want to find you. But, you know, if, if you wish to give um, any contact information, you're most welcome. Just take time because people will say, hang on, wait, I get a pen. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you're driving, you know what I mean? Right. So by all means, please go ahead. And this is Beth Fuller, uh, owner of TLC Coordination and uh, Advocacy. Right. And our, our website um, is HTTPS. Um, semicolon or colon <laughs> slash slash www.tucsonlifecare.com. Um, we're also on Facebook. Um, my email address is Beth at tucsonlifecare.com. Um, and feel free to email or call anytime. Alrighty. Well, emailing you is Beth at TucsonLifeCare.com. Yes. That's simple, isn't it? Yeah. If y'all forget it, you can call me and I'll give it to you. There you go. And what about you, Jane? Anything uh, you'd like to mention? Well, they can look me up on the internet and Jane um, Jane Larrabee Tucson and find me. Okay. And I'm part of a collective of like-minded attorneys, purposeful planning attorneys, we call ourselves. Hmm. So while I practice in Arizona um, and may not be in your neighborhood, I may have a colleague that would be a good starting point for someone who's looking for an estate planning attorney. I love that because we have uh, people all over the country. Mm-hmm. Yep. Perfect. Thank sure. you, Jane. Very good. Well, Cindy Scheller, time has come. 
Again, another show down, Mark. Mm -hmm. We'll be back in two weeks. What's that topic? Any idea? Um, You're the boss. Come on. I believe it's for the love of food. Is that right? For the love of food? For the love of food. So we're going to talk about how food and the aroma of food bring brings back lovely memories. So like for me, when I grew up, my grandma would make fried chicken all the time mm. and gravy. And I would wait till everybody ate the gravy and then I would eat the whole bowl. <laughs> so, you, you know, if you fry it, I'll eat it. So go. we're going to talk about that. We're going to have um, some lovely people on the show. So we're excited. Fabulous. That's great. And that show will be live and that is on um, the 19th, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, it is. The 19th of the month. So the first and third Monday of every month, you're going to hear Home Care Today. And that's, uh, you know, around 3.30. But as I said, don't panic if you miss it because it's on demand forever out there in the ether. Um, Beth, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure meeting you. And you've been a great guest. Thank you. Thanks Appreciate for having it. me. And Jane, thank you so much. You're very welcome. Glad to meet you, everybody. Cindy, bye for now. See ya. Home Care Today, where you get to meet the who's who of the Tucson home care industry. The podcast is live streamed at 3.30 p.m. every first Monday of the month and on demand on this channel and popular podcast platforms. Questions or suggestions, please contact Cindy Scheller at caringinc.com or Mark Bishop at businessradiox.com. Home Care Today is a Mark Bishop Media Production.